Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, May the 16th in 2022 on When Our Rise. Today we begin year C, the sixth Sunday of Easter, and on the Monday of the week, we'll take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. But during the season of Easter, as we talked about before, there there isn't a traditional Old Testament passage. I just kind of think to myself sometimes, these Revised Common Lectionary folks, are, were they were they slackers or something? Can't they give us an Old Testament passage? So throughout the season of Easter, we're going and hunting some down. So I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this party of morning on when I rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be gathered together in a time of prayer. Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make a covenant between you, me and you, and you will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very faithful. I will make you I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and your descendants and after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. This is the word of God for us. So the Skillin household is a hockey household, and so on Instagram we get we follow all these hockey handles accounts, and there was one that was really cool from Bar Down, like as in Bardownski. So when a player shoots a puck and it hits like the crossbar and it goes straight down, they call it a bar down or a bardownski. Okay, that's just a little extra sauce there for you. But um, there, there's this uh, there's this post on Bar Down where um, there's somebody was sitting right behind the Toronto Maple Leafs bench. And on the bench, there's, of course, the players and the coaching staff, and then there's the equipment manager, and then they have all the extra hockey sticks for all of the players. Because if a player, if, if a player breaks a hockey stick, they got a couple options. They can either come off because it's near the end of their shift, or they can skate towards the bench and somebody will like hand them one over the side and they can skate by, pick one up on their glide, and return back to play. What's cool is that Bobby Hastings, who is the equipment manager, whenever he watches the game, he actually has to turn around and face towards the, the row of sticks, which is behind him. And he's constantly looking over his shoulders to see who's on the ice. And he's placing his fingers on the rack where the sticks are of the players that are on the ice. So he's ready in case any of the players break a stick. So like his vantage point of the game is there. He has to be disciplined to look elsewhere so that he can be prepared. I thought, what a cool, 
What a cool clip and what a, a neat posture this guy has that his main job is not to watch the game like everyone else, but to look over his shoulder, look who's on the ice, and to, to be ready to give them a stick on a moment's notice. And for whatever reason, that just spoke to me. It says that that's what the eyes of faith is. Faith is to look beyond what we do see. It's almost at times to turn our back on what everyone else is seeing and to begin to focus on something else, something above, something beyond, something in the future, so that we can be prepared for a day that is yet to come. And this is what's going on in the story of Abraham. I mean, there's several times where God calls Abraham, and it seems like whoever's putting Genesis together is weaving together many different sources. Uh, we call it the documentary hypothesis. And so there's, there's all these different origins of Abraham's call story, and this seems to be another one here in Genesis 17. And in this one, uh, God changes Abram's name to Abraham because he's going to call him the father of many nations. That not just a nation, but many nations, many kings would come from within him. And still up to this point, Abraham is 99 years old. He's left his household. He's wandering in the land of Canaan. He's with his wife and he's got some cast-offs and he's got some wealth and some material possessions, but he still doesn't have an offspring that is his, right? It hasn't taken place totally yet. And so here's Abraham. Abram, now Abraham. He's looking into the distance. He's like Bobby Hastings, the equipment manager of the Leafs. Like he has to face a different direction so that he can see the picture more clearly of what all the possibilities are. You and I, we have a paradigm deep within us, a paradigm that causes us to not look ahead, a paradigm that convinces us again and again through repetition, either from within or from without, that tells us that the way things are, the way things are always going to be. But what one of the one of the things we get in the kit of being a Christian is that we get new eyes. We become new creation, as Paul says. He says we don't walk by faith, sight. We walk by faith, right? And so we're actually given a chance to turn our back on what is, so that we can see what the potential is in the life all around us. Not about you, but I'm weighed down at times by looking at what everyone else is looking at. But I, I hear this deep stirring, this deep call within. Not just to focus on what it is, but look beyond it, look within it, look beneath it, look be, look in the future, not just look for now. And to see what might happen, what are the potentials, because God is in charge. And that's what we focus on during the season of Easter. I mean, the Eastern Orthodox folks used to say that when God brought Jesus up out of the tomb, he brought the whole cosmos with him. Like everything's being made new. And we see a similar pattern of things that go to decay, go to entropy, as scientists might say. Resurrection gives us a different story, that things can actually make a turnaround. A relationship that's on the fritz can make a turnaround. A body that's ravaged by cancer at times can make a turnaround. Communities that are falling apart can have people from within it rise up and say, enough is enough, we're going to band together, we're going to speak kindness and affirmation, and we're actually going to build instead of complain. And it can make a turnaround. Imagine what would happen if the people of Jesus, which now cover all over the earth, if we decided to turn our back on what is and imagine what could be in the days to come, imagine some things that might make a turnaround. So with that in mind, let's have some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we think of that in Christ we get new life, that our sin is separated from us as far as the east is from the west. We get brand new eyes, and we are implored to walk by faith and not by sight. 
God, I think of that you give us a chance and the power to turn around, to, to face our back towards what is, and to look for new horizons. God, some of us today, we greet this week and we're weighed down, and the same things have been happening again and again. It's like a broken record of uh, failure or letdown or being treated poorly, and we think that this is the way it's always going to be. We thank you that because Jesus is on the throne, he's got the control rooms of heaven and earth, things make comebacks. So God, I pray for any of my friends, the dear ones this morning who wake up and they're way down. Uh, they've, they've had it. Uh, they've been beaten down. Things have been taken from them. They've been ripped off by life. I pray that good news would be spoken over them and that there'd be a comeback. God, I pray for anyone who's got pain in their bodies, that their bodies would make a comeback. For those who are weighed down with uh, lethargy, who um, feel like they're just spinning out of control or burned out and ready to throw in the towel. I pray that you put wind in their sails. God, I pray for our communities and our cities. I pray for the church. That we'd be stirred and invigorated, that we make a comeback. That we see life in the place of brokenness. That we see light in the place of darkness. So breathe upon the world, God. This is your world, the world that you love, the one that you sent your son to save. We pray that you'd wa- we would be able to watch you save it before our eyes today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.